Hi, welcome back to For What It's Worth Coaching Podcast. I'm here with Coach Hines and I'm Coach Ty. Last week we talked about storms and how they happen for us and not to us. But this week we're going to extend upon us uh, uh, upon the topic. Upon that, yep. Yeah, and we're going to talk about failure is not the opposite of success and how it intertwines together. Love it, love it. Yeah, as, as Coach Ty mentioned, you know, it's, a lot of our podcasts, podcasts kind of build upon each other and mm. are, are intertwining themselves. Um, one of the things I, I think of often is I think way too many of us, myself included, think of this linear scale, if you will, where failures are over here and successes are over here. And it's dangerous to think that, and I believe it's incorrect to think that for several reasons. The danger is in that if we think of failure over here and success over here, that distance between them seems insurmountable. You know, it's if, if you go to hike a mountain with your buddies and you focus on the top and getting up there. And yeah, it's good to have vision, good to have a, a, a goal, but sometimes it's, it's overwhelming to think of how far you have to go as opposed to thinking, hey, I'm just gonna get over this rock right here. Right. I'm gonna get past this obstacle here, or cross this little stream or whatever it may be. You know, success is not linear. It's, it's not a, just a straight line and success is not like this. You know, we don't start off in our lives as student athletes or coaches, husbands, wives, where we have failures and we just grow, 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 grow. How nice would that be? How okay. great would life be if just you look back and you're always getting better? So easy. You know, it's success. It's intertwined where you really can't pull them apart. It's like a, a braid of hair mm -hmm. where they're just so woven together and so tightly knit that they're not opposites. No. Failures and success is not an opposite. Um, I just, I just drew a blank right there. We can cut <laughs> I that. saw that. We can cut that no, out. We're not cutting that one because that's the first time that's happened. <laughs> first time we have it on film. It happens constantly. <laughs> well, you know, you talk about that, and I, and I think of the stock market. In the stock market, you know, you see it goes up, and it goes down, and it comes back up, and it comes back down, comes back up, and it, it, but eventually, you know, if you put money in here, it's going to go down and up and down and up, and, you know, weathering through that financial storm, yeah. you know, it's, it's going to end up by the time you're ready to retire or whatever, it's gonna it's gonna be where you want it. I love I hate the rock there because he kind of just like, hey, you're a kid, just grabbed it. It was weird. So I had a, <laughs> a weird turn. But I, I love that analogy. I'm glad mm -hmm. I had that pause there. I won't lie and say it was intentional, uh -huh. but because the stock market and I don't have a lot of expertise in it. Neither do I at all. But it, it's a it's a marathon. It's a long it's, game. It's a long if game. you're in it. To make money quick, it's probably not going to happen. Right. And the, the people that stay in it long term, weather, as you said, weather those hills and valleys and, and, and storms. Love that. Um, talking off camera with, uh, with Graham, who's recording for us. Thank you again, Graham Bauer. Uh, talking about you know, how we you know, build muscles and grow our muscles. You know, yeah. Our muscles grow. We tell our players all the time. All the time. When, when do they grow? When you eat and sleep. Mm -hmm. That's the recovery time that's so important, fueling your body. But when we're That's the, the most fun about lifting weights there, is eating and sleeping. Yeah, amen, right? <laughs> I'm going to skip the lifting part. Just, no, just eat, that. eat, sleep. Um, but how do our muscles really grow? They grow by, by tearing them apart. Mm -hmm. You know, intentionally and safely, tiny little fibers, and it's that failure, the tearing of the muscles, that rebuilding, tearing and rebuilding, tearing and rebuilding, that eventually gets you to be a beast like me and not to before and after here. <laughs> Coach Ty's a beast too. You, you, we, we've done a few workouts together. Mm -hmm. The man can move some weight. 
Um, and now that's a compliment. It's not even a knock. It's a, my it's like every day when I walk, yeah, I'm moving weight. My mother-in-law, same thing. She moves some weight. Cheapers. <laughs> we should do an episode on Judy alone. Alone. Just yeah. call it Sasquatch. <laughs> wow. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm so, out. Yeah. So speaking of failures, my mother. I'm just kidding. Um, I'm getting a lot punch drunk here. With but you know, it's funny when you're working out. How many times you go, hey, go to failure, go to failure. Why are we going to the failure? Because we want that extra tear or whatever. Or when I say tear, I don't want injury, yeah. not injury. But you want those extra tears, go to failure to for later on. You're gonna be successful because you know you're gonna be able to lift more weight. Yeah, and and shocking, shocking your muscles. Mm -hmm. You know, because there's such a thing as muscle memory, which can be a good thing for athletes. But yes. muscle memory, where if I always go in and do the exact same reps, the exact mm -hmm. same weight, I'm gonna plateau really quickly. Real quick. And by shocking your muscles, and allowing yourself to fail in a safe way. Mm -hmm. It's also shocking your brain of, hey, wow, I did that. Right, I achieved right. that. Um, seeing players, you know, one, one of my favorite lifts are, are the cleans. And seeing players go from, it's such a complex lift, and, and there's so many different parts of, of teaching the progressions <laughs> of a clean. But getting them, we have uh, one here that's fallen in love with them, getting them, the student athletes, to understand that it's just systematic steps. Like, mm -hmm. like learn to how to do a deadlift. Keep that bar close to your body. Right. Learn to do the high pull and turning into a front squat and triple extension. All those different steps of that and allowing yourself to, to master literally the bar, 45 pounds, mm -hmm. and then throwing on 10s and then right. throwing on 25s and eventually getting to a weight where you've got a substantial amount of weight and you're throwing on those two and a half pound little plates, right. but allowing yourself to fail. And I love when players fail to clean because done properly, they're still getting the same movement. They're still mm -hmm. working the triple extension, they're still getting that high pull, and if they don't get under it, it's a safe lift if, if taught properly, and the failure is just one step closer to success. Right, right. And you going back and you know, close it all up is you were talking about, um, ah, shoot, I forgot. That's all right, we'll come back then. Yeah, yeah, so, so let me come to you. <laughs> um, what, one of the thoughts I had, we, both point we have here is, you know, failures we've experienced. Mm -hmm. I am now proud to say, it would have been, honestly, I would have been embarrassed of this years ago, but proud to say I have more failures than I can remember. Mm -hmm. And because of that, I think both of us, most of us, those listening also or watching, have more successes than we can remember. Mm -hmm. and, and if you look at, just not, not the monumental failures or successes, but the little ones. The, the little ones where, hey, I was coaching this young man, I lost my cool, I said the wrong thing. A failure. What's the success? I didn't let 24 hours go by without calling him, texting him, or meeting him face to face and apologizing, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. I, I made a promise to myself a few years back that after every practice we have in the weight room or on the field, whatever it is, I'm going to not let an hour go by that I don't reach out to at least one player or coach and have it be a, hey, great job today, proud of you, or hey, let's talk tomorrow, I saw something I didn't like, so something right. in your eyes, and just, right. and, and having those opportunities to, once again, marry failure and success, and have them work together mm -hmm. to continue to grow. Right. Uh, one thing my dad did when uh, growing up, and I, and I still use it to this day, you know, someone will have an idea, like, my kids will come to me and have an idea about something, and what do you think, dad? I said, well, and then to give them the, all the options in front of them. You know, this is what happened. This could happen this way. This can happen this way. And even with some of my players, and let them make that decision. And that way, they take ownership of yes. that decision. And whether they fail or win, it, it's their it's their decision, their ownership, their responsibility. But me sitting back and watching it, even though I know I'll probably fail, and watching them fail 
but building them up, knowing, hey, try the other one, pivot the other one. It's just like in business, a lot of businesses and a lot of business owners will have different businesses going through their their life. Yeah. They'll go on, oh, it failed. I'll go move on to this one. I'll go in there, oh, it failed. But he got further, or her, uh, her image, he or she failed, but they pivoted and they moved on to another one. Yeah. And by the time they're like, oh, I grew all this, but now look how big my business is because I went through all these other failures over here. And then they're learning from each one. And I think going back, to, now I remember, going back to what we were talking about is that get a rich quick type of stuff. Yeah. Because you get rich quick, you're gonna lose that money just as quick. But yeah. if you go through the process, you're gonna understand whether it's uh, getting ground balls, making those passes, running those routes. The more you fail, the better you're gonna get and knowing what you have to work on. You go to the first first uh, cut in, you know, work on that cut in. Okay, I got that down. Okay, now the next move, next route, or the next pass, the next read. You know, you guys were talking about the reads here. How many times have has he looked at those plans and just got it right off the bat. Yeah. Probably not. He learned it. And that's from making the wrong wrong read or doing it during practice or question and answers from you getting it wrong, but every time he learned and he moved on it gets better and better to where now he's looking up at the chalkboard and saying, Okay, my first read is outside linebacker. What great point. I love that. We tell our players all the time, guys get get in there, get in practice, get mm-hmm. reps, get reps. And sometimes you'll see that that fear and in, in, in yeah. overwhelm look in their eyes. I'm like you're gonna mess up. Make mistakes. Mm-hmm. I'd rather get mad at you now, yeah. and then still put my arm around you, tell you, tell you I love you. Make the mistakes now because the more you mistake, make mistakes in practice, yeah. the less you make it a Friday night or during, during game day, whatever it is. Or when you point it out during film after after you uh, play. So, so you should have done this, should have done that. Like let's do it practice before the game. So when you do it through there, we're talking about look at that route you ran. That's why you worked so hard during practice this past week, yeah. and we got a touchdown off of it or a first down. It was. Very important. Absolutely. I think also, you know, how how failures help us grow and help us to succeed. Mm-hmm. I think time is one of the most important things in that. And then there's two mindsets. One is time in the marathon. Allow yourself, if you have a goal that you know is going to take several months or years, be patient with yourself. Right. And, and you can keep your goal but change the course of the vehicle, how you get there. Correct. Um, but also time... So being patient with ourselves and allowing yourself that time, but also having a sense of urgency. And what I mean by that is, the sooner you fall, literally or figuratively, and get back up, Mm -hmm. it's the less time we allow ourselves to stay down on the ground. It's like, hey, here I go again. Mm -hmm. Let's get back into it. I think one of the best, I'm gonna ask Graham off camera to answer this on camera, put put him on the spot. Um, As a successful quarterback, what's one of the best attributes you can have? There's a lot of possible answers. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess one of them could be, um, like, accepting the failure, failure like you guys are talking about, and not only your own failure, but your teammates' failures, because as a quarterback, you have to be that leader on and off the field. And so when you are when you have a good pass and your receiver drops it wide open in the end zone, it's not a matter of fact of getting mad at them, but it's, like, building them back up because – as a receiver myself also, um, I've had those moments where I've dropped the pass, I've gotten mad, but the quarterback wasn't mad at me because he knows I was mad. So it's a lot easier to understand and kind of go with the flow with that and be able to uh, build the team better from there. Love that. Man, I think he's going to take my spot. <laughs> one, one of ours. One of ours. Right? I, I love that. And I also think one of the things that I need to continue to say to players and say more, and I love that answer, Graham. But also, one of the best things I think attributes a quarterback can have is a short memory. Mm-hmm. 
It's just, hey, you just made a huge play, score a touchdown. Congratulations, celebrate for a second. Yeah. Boom, back to the next play. Right. You throw that interception, you miss that completion, whatever it is, have a short memory because if we dwell on our successes or our failures, it's going to limit our growth. I'm sorry, a great example you just brought up is Paint Manning. I remember yep. he was playing the Seattle Seahawks when he was on the Colts, and I think it was a playoff game. And they won. I think it was when they won the Super Bowl. Um, he threw an interception with like less than two minutes left. I remember that. And he threw an interception, and right away he didn't. He went straight to the bench, pulled out what he did wrong, fixed it, went back out, and he ended up winning the game. Yeah. And that's because he, I didn't see him yell at anybody, but he he has. It's on film, yeah. but you know sometimes as a leader you got to get on people, but you got to know when and where. And that time he knew he made that mistake. He's going to go fix it. He comes back and he fixed it. And that says a lot as a quarterback and the leader of the team or a leader of whatever team you're on that you're able to that short-term memory get back out there you know build everybody up because it may not be your turn as a leader to win the game it might be so-and-so's turn to win the game yeah you know on their what their whatever they practice and you had mentioned for anyone that listened to our last podcast talking about uh bill goldberg and yes. his his tagline was mm, who's next who's next it's just uh, on to the next one yeah and i think you know if for any of us when i left bedford new hampshire where i was head coach there mm-hmm. took over the program here if I spent the first practice or week or month or year, even now six years later, heading my sixth, into my sixth year here, mm-hmm. talked about, here's what I did in the past. No one really cares. No and cares. what I mean by that is, yeah, you've succeeded, you have those memories, you have those rings or trophies, whatever it is, but our student athletes don't want to hear about what I was able to do at the last program. Mm-hmm. What are you doing, and I agree with this, this mindset, what are you doing for us and what can we do together? What can we create now mm-hmm. in the here and now? Mm-hmm. So having a short memory of, yes, you know, I, I have that success in my, in my the background of my mind. It'll help propel me through other challenges. Right. But what am I doing now? Mm-hmm. If I'm the same coach today that I was 10 years ago or even last year, I'm doing a disservice to those who are blessed to coach and right. the guys I'm coaching with and to the families. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, you know, in our homes. If I'm the same husband that I was 20 years ago, and I was proud of the husband I was 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. But am I a better listener now? Absolutely. Absolutely yeah. Am I am I more forgiving or quicker to own my mistakes or whatever it may be? I've got to keep evolving. We have to keep evolving as coaches and players and, and in life. Definitely, definitely. And one of the things I tell my my players when they they make mistakes because being in high school, they don't they're not they don't they're not they don't have that short term memory. That mm-hmm. mean you can let things go pretty easily. Um, unless you make some bad comment towards me and I don't like it. Well, they're not untrue. Yeah, that's true, too. That's probably why it hurts, hurts real bad. <laughs> but, you know, they, they, they don't learn how to let it go, you know. And one of the things I tell them is like, hey, you're going to make errors. Baseball's set up for failure. You know, you're going to make errors. It's how you recover from that error that sets you a different player from yeah. anybody else. Yeah. And uh, if you learn to, to do that, you're going to be a much better player. You're going to learn from your mistakes. And like you said, you know, if you're a different coach, you're, you're a different coach, but you're still learning from all the mistakes and the successes that you had back in Bedford, and you will bring them here, but in a different way. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think this ties into also what we've talked on recently in the past few weeks about embracing the storms, not running from them. Right. If you embrace the fact that failure and success are not linear, mm-hmm. opposite ends of the spectrum, but more intertwined, right. you realize that every failure and all of our successes happen for us right you know it's not happening to us one of, one of the things um, I don't have many pet peeves in life uh, 
although I do have some, we can talk about that in a different episode. <laughs> but one of my pet peeves is when you hear people say, and it happens, I don't want to blame our student athletes, but you see it more in the culture of collegiate athletes, high school athletes. I'll post things on social media say, I'm done taking L's, done taking losses. Right. It's like, so you're done growing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, it's, stop saying you're done taking L's. Yeah. If, yeah, losing sucks. I hate losing. We lose a game, I hate it. And the people will be like, oh, I, I hate losing more than I love winning. I don't care how you phrase it. I love winning and I hate losing. But losing, and then people say, I'm done taking L's. Well, you have to take those L's mm-hmm. and embrace those L's, those losses, to get you to be more successful. Because right. I've told my fourth graders before, something came up in our, our classroom discussion this past year. And we were doing an educational activity, a little game. And one of my, my young men, fourth grader, was getting teary-eyed about it. And I stopped the class and I said, boys and girls, I said, if we're not going to be good sports about this, we're done playing these. We can go back to our worksheets. And and he, he to his credit, kind of went the tears off and got back and had a brave smile on. But I told my class, I can guarantee I never lose another game coaching. And I had a lot of young women, and especially the boys in my class, look at me like, yeah. even in fourth grade, like, you, you can't guarantee. I said, right. I can guarantee, I promise you, I'll never lose another game as a coach. And they just kind of looked at me and I said, any questions? And every hand up, they're like, how? I said, stop coaching. Yeah. And you saw like, the, 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 the wheel start to turn. They're like, oh. Mm-hmm. I said, I can guarantee I'll never lose another game. But I love the calling of coaching too yes. much to let that happen. Definitely. So I would rather embrace the losses mm-hmm. and learn and grow and learn and grow and learn and grow and have right. that continual progression than just to say, I'm going to pack it in and never do mm-hmm. it again. And that, as, as a coach, too, you got to coach that to your players. I know we, we yeah. have... Our, our our season, we had twenty six games, and it's a long season. And yeah. luckily, we were pretty successful this week, this uh, this season on JV. But going through that, we've had we we had losses, and a couple of those losses were like to teams we shouldn't have lost to, but we've lost so bad that what we taught our kids is like you can't get complacent because I think once you start winning, that success success all the time, and you don't experience failure, you start getting very complacent on what you're doing. Oh, I'm just going to win. A little cocky. A little, a little cocky, little, yeah. I'm going to win. It's no big deal. But when you do lose, you're devastated. Yeah. And then then that negativity, you keep in it because you're festering. Oh, I can't lose again. I can't lose again. And it's just festering. And you're going to lose. And you're going to lose. And you're going to fail. Yep. You know? But if you take that, okay, what did we do wrong and what can we do to get better for our next game? Yeah. You know? And this this is a hiccup. You know, like we all have as players and, and coaches and even parents. Believe it or not, um, that we do make these mistakes. It's like, okay, what, how, why did I make this mistake, and how can I move on from it? And when they do, when when the kids learn that and know that I'm not mad because we lost, I was more mad because of the way we lost. Yeah. You know, we lost. We're going to get lose, and I'm fine with that. But the way we lost was number one, we got complacent. We got used to winning, and we thought we were just going to run over these these guys. Number two, you know, you guys didn't play hard. You know, you just thought you were going to stick the bat out there and the ball's going to fall. You didn't go after balls that you usually go after. But fixing that, the next game, these kids got got on. You know? And then we lost a couple more here and there. But being consistent and not getting complacent in that. And that goes with life, too, even with your marriage. Don't get complacent. Don't go home every night. Oh, my wife's going to have dinner or this ready for me. And she's going to give me a big old kiss. And I did nothing wrong. But yeah, you've been leaving your clothes on the, you know, I'm guilty of this, leaving your clothes on the ground, you haven't been picking up after yourself or whatever. I yeah. could say something else, because I know you're, you're nitpicky stuff. So I'm not nitpicky, I'm a neat freak. A neat freak, yeah, exactly. So, um, so anyway, stuff like that. So it's, 
you go through these hiccups, recover from them, and move on. Yeah. Two, two things you said there sparked something in my mind. I, I love what you shared. One is one of my favorite quotes. You know what? I'm a big Rocky fan, Rocky yeah. Three. But Mickey says in one of the movies, you know, the worst thing that happened to you at Rock is you became civilized. You know, he, he started making money, had a lot of wins, a lot of success. Yeah. Then he faced Clever Lang, mm -hmm. who was just dirt and grime right. and hard knocks and just love it. And I, and I think there's so many in that fictional movie, so many real life applications of he had the eye of the tiger. Now right. we call it our why. What's yes. your why? What, what, what friggin' drives you and lights you mm -hmm. on fire? The, set, the, the other thought that came to mind was when we fail, it's, it's something you embrace. And it's something that you, you've got to fall in love with. Yeah, definitely. Fall, fall, fall in love with the failures. I had a conversation with our coaching staff just before spring ball, and someone asked about our preseason game. We played in the San Diego kickoff classic, and one of our coaches said, oh, yeah, we always want to schedule easy games for that so you can start the win. And they all kind of looked at me because they know. That's fall, yeah. Yeah, I said, no. I said, complete opposite. He goes, that's, that's what our coaches always did. I said, as much as I hate losing, I always want to schedule one of the toughest opponents we're going to see all year in that preseason kickoff. Why? Because A, it doesn't count on our schedule. B, sometimes as players and coaches, we think we're better than we are. Mm -hmm. I'd rather get our teeth kicked in, lose a tight, a tight one or, or a, a one where we get blown out. Not that I want that to happen, but I'd rather lose if we have to in the beginning of the season and say, oh, wow, we got a lot of work to do, mm -hmm. as opposed to scheduling a lighter opponent, thinking we're better than we are, right. and having that hurt us down the road. Mm -hmm. And you also, there's only one NFL team, I believe, that's ever gone undefeated. One. Miami Dolphins, right? Yep, 72, right? I believe so. I'm a big Cowboys fan, mm -hmm. you know? And you look at that, and you're like, listen, in the history of the NFL, there's only one team that's ever been undefeated for the entire season. Mm -hmm. And it's a reminder to me that some of the greatest teams ever faced losses throughout that season. Right. And go right back up. Mm -hmm. You know, you 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 lose on a Monday. Most NFL teams will have some type of, I'm sorry, Sunday have Monday off. Yeah. But when they come back into the office, into the weight room, into the training room, into the practice field, they're right back at it. Yeah. And well, look at Tom Brady. Who? I haven't heard of him. <laughs> he's not that good. But really, yeah. I mean, all the failures that he's had, often then all the rings that he has now. Yeah. Well, and then just because you brought him up, and I'm a big Cowboys fan, but a tremendous Brady fan. Yeah. I think anyone that loves sports and understands overcoming obstacles, he was faced with failure right out of college, out of Michigan, yes. where they looked at all his measurables. Mm -hmm. He doesn't have the height, the weight. You know, they, they had that picture of him for the combine, right. and he, he looked like a sophomore in college, you uh -huh. know, a frat boy, and, but had all the intangibles that set him apart from some of the guys that any of us would have handpicked well before Tom Brady. Right. That obviously he fell years ago in love with failure mm -hmm. and embracing it to allow him to be successful. Right. Love it. Right. Love it. Any uh, final thoughts? No. I, I, well, you're going to have something. No, I embrace the failure. All right. Fan, fantastic. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess uh, my final thought for this would be if you want to be successful, and I'm talking about successful in all walks of life, in your relationships, personally, just joy within yourself in your profession, if you're an athlete, whatever it is, embrace failure and understand how important failure is to reach the success you, you want to achieve. Agreed 100%. Fantastic. All right, so we keep these uh, under 30 minutes so you can enjoy them on your car ride to practice or enjoy them with the family, with your players. But this was episode two, 22 uh, for What It's Worth Coaching Podcast. And as always, take it for what it's worth. Stay strong.